This is no easy task, for it takes insurmountable courage. But remember this. For that moment when you are making love with a woman of true greatness, you will fall immortal. I believe that love that is true and real creates a respite from death. All cowardice comes from not loving or not living well, which is the same thing. And when the man who is brave and true looks death squarely in the face, like some rhino hunters I know or Beaumonte, who is truly brave, it is because they love with sufficient passion to push death out of their minds until it returns, as it does to all men. And when you must make really good love again, think about it. Hemingway. Because fuck yeah. What's going on, guys? This is your host of the Battle Axe Podcast, MDLP, number 24. I thought we were on 16 or something, but I lose track. Um, I want to say I am really excited to have a small live studio audience today with a couple of our buddies, but more importantly... My super handsome and good friend, and obviously the man that keeps me together on the show, the Baron of the North, and co-host Johnny Banks. What is up, everyone? Welcome back. It's been too long. For real. Can we call this the Mamba episode? Yes, fine. I'm anxious, actually. Call me forever. Oh, man. Wow, too soon? Not too soon. Never too soon. Because a fucking legend. Because it's honoring him. Yeah, we're man, not making He would problem. punch his teammates in the face. That's a guy I can around. I saw he came in. I saw some interview yesterday that he came in with. Uh, he was all <laughs> fucked up from surgery. And he came in, they were going to trade him. He's like, no, nah, I'm just I'm here to see when your sorry asses get traded. <laughs> he goes, I just came by to say goodbye to you bums who are going to get traded <laughs> with like, a shoulder wrapped with up. With a shoulder wrapped up. That's fucking um, great. But like we said, um, times have been different. And of course, we're going to speak of the obvious and go forward with that with the whole COVID-19 and just kind of almost a disbursement of all activities that include some sort of social connection. But podcasts remain the same in our efforts and are willing to continue and go forward will always stay the same. I hope that you guys understand that. The only reason we haven't been able to podcast is because this place has been shut down. But um, I'm excited about this episode. I've been dying to get back on the fucking mic with you, John. It's been excellent. And we're going to touch a lot of things. I think a lot of people, that's what she said. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to really go forward with what's going on in the sport and go into like we classically get into everything. But um, I definitely want to say, as always, thanking everyone around us. Cerberus USA, a sponsor of the Battle Axe Gym. Um, thank you for everything. And of course, the BV305, always brothers in arms. Um, shout out to those guys that have continuously stayed um, relevant in the community. Um, and of course, the Battle Axe Chim and the Battle Axe Clan. Without you guys, um, in many ways, and many ways that only some of you guys will know personally, continue to make the Battle Axe thrive. That's both online and in, in real life, I guess you can say, clients. So um, let's get this motherfucker started. Oh, also. Jameson Black Barrel, our sponsor, but not really. And we never want to get sued by them, but we but are with them. If you want to send us like shipment. Like the little bottles. We would totally drink it. Yeah, the little bottles that are like the tall ones. Yeah, but like the bigger ones. Yeah, because we smaller. have huge hands. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is that why? Is that yeah. why it feels small? It's yeah. totally. It's, it's, it's not that... We're small. It's that we were gifted with these massive hands. <laughs> I only know women with large vaginas. Clearly, <laughs> this has been my whole life. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, we almost touched can the ceiling we, in this room. Can so. we erase that? Or we just yeah, exactly. <laughs> None of us know how to edit. Yeah, so. my hands just knocked over everything on the table because they're so crazy. We also don't know how to edit. That's also very fucking true. This is very true. Everyone's like, "Oh man, what a great edit!" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, we did that." Yeah. Oh, we're basically professionals at this point. Uh, yeah, after 24. Well, things have been strange. 
Um, I think we should start with uh, kind of State of the Union. I think that a lot of people, the faithful, the strongman community, really wants to know what's happening with Miami's Baddest. Um, we kind of, our last episode, we left out with saying, this is happening. We are going to fucking do this yes. regardless. Yeah. And then. And uh, i tell you what. Um, it's really hard for a person like me and like many of you to um, not necessarily admit defeat, but to withdraw um, and to kind of backpedal and do a strategic um well, a strategic withdrawal. And, um, you know, according to my efforts and a lot of people's efforts, it was supposed to go on. And it's not that it's really defeated or anything like that, but it's it's absolutely a relatively heartbreaking concept. But in in hindsight and looking for, at, around the whole situation, it's not the biggest deal. It's not canceled. It's postponed. It was out of our complete control. It's not that we gave up and it wasn't our host's fault. Um, somehow Miami-Dade County, since it's like part of South America, is treated like an entirely different fucking nation. Mm. So things are a little bit harder for us as far as getting together and mandates and things have come down pretty hard on all of us. Um, and I'll be honest with you that just getting, just admitting that we had to postpone it was like rough. It was rough on obviously my ego, but more importantly, just the effort of so many things because it, it's not just about me anymore. A lot of people look forward to that. I'm um, competing the charity, thousands of dollars, and and just investing and 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 um and donations and and sponsorships. All these people that were going to make money in that event as well, and for us to postpone it just because we have to um, is a little rough. And it's something that's completely out of all our controls because we sure. don't run the fucking government. Um. So, yeah. So that's that's currently what happened. I remember literally that last episode was like, "This is happening. Fuck this." We went on the live. About I'm to like, start an underground yeah, railroad, swinging, assholes. Yeah, swinging big dick. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do it. And like a week later, I'm like, "Well, so um, <laughs> uh, Instagram live announcement." Yeah, so I'm grounded. Um, so can't come over. And that's kind of like where we were at um, going forward. And I think we've been asked this question a couple times, but it's it's postponed. I don't want to cancel it. I would love to have it later this year. How sure that is? Again. Out of my control, it all depends on CrossFit Kendall. I would love to have it sometime in the midsummer. It also depends how people fucking react to this current situation. And that just, you know, to start off, I'm not going to get into into the politics politics of this situation. I'm not going to get into the specifics. I'm not going to sit here for an hour and a half and tell you what I feel about how how things are going. Instead, like I've always believed and I've always sat down into my boots is about being proactive. Like, what are we going to do with the given situation? Well. I don't know when that competition is going to go. So in the meantime, train like you're going to train for it anyways. I'm still preparing like I'm going to have that show next week. In my heart, it isn't canceled. And it certainly wouldn't be canceled for 2021. And that kind of ambition doesn't sleep. I'm trying to generate bitter, bigger causes, you know, money, prizes, get more sponsorship, mm-hmm. make the best of what we have. And that attitude should transcend not only Miami's baddest, but it should go into all aspects of business. So to tie those things together, um, it's not canceled, it's postponed until I get further word from CrossFit Kendall, who's going through their own shit, because being a, a CrossFit gym right now is hard. Mm-hmm. And once we can gather together, um, we, you know, we're going to do a lot of like st- uh, streaming and kind of step up that the future, I would say, of people staying home and watching things online and making it more worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said that, because uh, there's been a lot of controversy about performances online. Um, being capable of, uh, one, the idea for nationals, qualifying for nationals via online, and also record setting oh, online. Yeah. 
So I think we'll go with uh, record setting online. Um, <clears throat> I think me personally with the way Thor did it, where you literally, if you were watching the stream, you could watch them weigh every indiv- individual piece. <clears throat> I think that was like smart, intelligent. You're proving that you're doing the number. Did you break a record? Yeah, yes. It's, it's, I mean, here's my, my, no one who has a record wants their record broken. Right. I mean, if you're a true competitor, second place is losing. <laughs> and you can go out on camera and say all the shit that you want. Oh, congratulations. But inside you should be boiling until you're older and like, hey, mm-hmm. you, you know, but for the most part, there's a piece of you that's like, fuck that guy. Um, and I think that's fair. That's fair. It's, it's comfortable. We're not being dicks about it. So I can, in, in some parts, can see how some people, especially Eddie Hall, would sit there and be like, this isn't a true uh, record. It's not in a competition. It, it's not in a sanctioned event. It's in his home gym. But the legitimacy of everything they did on camera was, I mean, it's almost more to the T than they would have done it. In a, you, I've never seen a kilo plate weighed mm. in a comp. Never. Right. But they wanted to make sure that everyone saw that these were to the T and, you know, these were calibrated plates. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, in, in the sense that I don't want to say in defense of Eddie Hall, I can see how people would come up with that, but let's be realistic. And this is, this is going to go back to a kind of theme of the entire podcast is you're making the best with what you got. Right. Um, and a lot, maybe some people haven't seen it this way, but I surely have. If I was training for something and suddenly a pandemic hit, I'm not immune to the fear that all of us felt week one because that the fear that was broadcasted was was scary. You know, mm. we're going to die basically, or we're <laughs> going to be stuck on a fucking, you know, breathing machine. And if you're not going to die for sure, your parents are going to die or someone, you know, is going to die. Yeah. And don't go out. And I don't care who you are. There's a little bit of a realistic terror that to sh- like shivered up your spine. Sure. Well, guess what? He felt that too during training and he has to worry about a grandfather and a father and a wife who I think is pregnant or has a kid. And he has to go through all these outside stressors, which are probably worse than anything that most people have faced. He still has to sneak in his way to his gym that he bought himself and made himself with his own money. It's not like he's doing this from somebody's backyard. And still train and still break the fucking world record, still eat, still make meals through one of the most worldwide pandemics that we've seen in decades. Mm-hmm. And that you have that that has to say something too. You sure. can't just sit there and be like, "Oh fuck him!" It's online at his home gym. I'm like, "Yeah, bud, but aren't you fucking? You're look at you. We're all you're quarantined and you're fucking doing push-ups, and this motherfucker's <laughs> going for a 501 kilo record. Like, shut up." Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I would agree with that. I think the biggest disservice is is uh, what you've denied the fans to experience. That is that is in where the true uh, sadness of the whole thing lies because I've witnessed people set PRs in a gym and to witness it live to watch somebody is completely different from someone posting it on a, on the Instagrams. Right. It's like, all right, cool. Then uh, when you watch it there and it happens in front of you, I great example, uh, uh, Florida strongest when you pressed. <sighs> and, best and, days of my life. Yeah. And one of the best days of everyone who wanted to see you press that which it in turn would have been the best day of those 2,000, 3,000 people that would have been there and, and watched 501 go up. Yep. And they will remember that forever. And but when you stream it, 
it's it's another internet video. Yeah, man, and and it's it sucks because right. I mean, it it's a disservice to fans. It's a disservice to the sport. Um, and nobody wants that. Though, can you imagine being a guy that's going to go for a record that may last for well forever? We don't know what the world looks like, but in the sense of, and just be like you and your buddies. Like, <laughs> you know, you trained your entire strength career to to make your world like your lifelong legacy and it's in front of a fucking camera like you know it, it sucks and yeah. that's when you put out all those aspects into one thing and i know that there's going to be people that argue that but i think in our hearts as competitors um given the chance we would do whatever it takes to do whatever it takes to keep that record going and yeah as a sport, I think every single one of us would have loved to have seen that with a crowd, with the roaring, knowing that, man, that's on film for his kids to see, his mm. family, like for the rest of his life. Instead, it was done in some shitty live stream on YouTube. And yet, he still steps up to the plate. Yeah, sure. And doesn't even act like a dickhead about it. Real quiet, relatively humble, even for him. Not that he's cocky, but he's, he's humble in that sense. He doesn't say much, doesn't complain, does the best what he's got. And and that it that sets off a series of online streaming for other world records to accomplish this year. Because I sure. tell you what, when you're that strong and you're that big and you're at the pinnacle of your sport, it's a day to day life. Mm-hmm. Either you can wake up dead because of the shit that you run and the life that you lead, or you just blow your knee apart and you're never the same. And it's not fair that something outside of your fucking control is merely crushing competitions. For something outside of your stressors, when you're still going to lift the weight legitimately with judges and it's live stream and you're weighing that stuff. And yeah. I just, I have no complaints, man. I really don't. I don't, I don't give a fuck. And granted, if it was my world record, yeah, I would be mad. I wouldn't have gone out and been like, oh, that's a lie. It's not true. I think that's a little, that's just classic Eddie Hall, Thor beef that they have between each other. Um, but you, you, you got to remember, man, like you think he doesn't go to sleep at night and be like, God damn it, man. I wish I was in front of sure. 10,000 people. I can tell you that I still watch like the Arnold deadlift section and get like yeah, watching it. Yeah. But, it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you feel it. You can feel it. But yeah. that you're just like. You know, aside from Icelandic being screamed in the background, yeah. it's like, yeah. you're like, yeah, like they're Icelandic Germans. Oh, they're fucking, I don't even know. I don't know why I went German. <laughs> I don't know. And I fucking, you know, that's what I do. This is for Dina. They're like, wait, wait, Iceland? And I don't fucking. You know, but I'll tell you what, I've seen, so when I was lucky enough this year to go to the Arnolds, um, when you see things live, it's nothing as cool. As when they get Rogue gets it and makes him to a film, oh, because yeah. the Rogue film is way cooler than watching these motherfuckers deadlift. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been there. I saw Thor pull one twenty something, like a thousand twenty something, at, at, with the elephant bar. Mm. Was not a record, but it was. It um, was a record on the. It elephant was a record bar. on the elephant bar. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the one they thought he would go, but he's like, no, it was like fifty grand or whatever. Um. You know what? I'll be honest with you. It's a little like anticlimactical. You're like, oh, that was, that was it. Well, because there's no music, you know. But welcome to my sex life. What? Yeah. <laughs> Super. It was a it was a three second pull. <laughs> <laughs> Lasted forever. Way more hinging than you'd expect. <laughs> and I, but I tell you what, I think what it is important, um, and I say this all the time. When you when you do something that is magnanimous, when you do something that is special, 
it's always a story that is important. Mm. And I've seen world records, dozens of them happen right in front of my face. Some have been spectacular. Like when I saw Andre Milanichev, he squatted, at the, I think it was like 1,020 something to break that at the time a raw wrapped world record this was like in 2016 2015 i saw it live at california amazing the crowd this is incredible um and then i've seen other world records on deadlift like the arnold one where he got the elephant but it was like cool and then it was like "Mm." Mm. but to continue with the point that we were saying earlier i think it's important to to identify the story behind that it's what i tell a lot of people when they start businesses or they're trying to create a brand, or they're 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 going on Instagram and they're posting things. I'm like, what's your fucking story, dude? Because I've seen a million six hundred pound deadlifts. Mm-hmm. I've seen a million of them. I go, but if you portray or at least tell the truth that is genuine and true, that what it took to get there and what it what it takes to stay there, and the honest sacrifice and what you don't do to even have stepped up there with, you know, monumental injuries and and stressors. I think is valuable. And that's what I think, despite the fact that it looks so boring, because truly, when you watch world records, it is boring. But when you know that this guy has been doing strongman for 10 years, roughly, has gone through the pandemic like the rest of us and probably has been scared to touch anyone and has suffered somehow financially and knows people who are on the street and people who are dying and yet continues to find chances to eat and some of us don't have any issues and any money issues and we're like oh my god i'm so sad i can't eat and this guy steps up every day and shatters doesn't break it he shatters that fucking deadlift because it looked like a joke if it really looked like he could have done three and he probably could have done two but let's not get crazy yeah and that goes to say something because the story behind that is very human it's what you and me felt and for the first time we saw a giant take on something that with the same journey, finally, that you and me felt, mm-hmm. the fear of death, the fear of sickness, the fear of loss, financial loss, world terror, uh, just being human, like, oh, damn, maybe my dad can die, like, out of nowhere. And being a part of that journey and seeing this guy be very much human and very much impossible and still break a fucking world record, I think makes it very, very special. I think it makes this year, albeit what's going on very very special as an athlete as a coach as a businessman as a human being to see somebody shake somebody's hand or smile is now suddenly seen as a sign of revolution and rebellion yet it's the most human thing you can do there's a connection this year that is very very special mm-hmm. if you wake up and go to the gym there's something special about you now because that's looked weird upon like oh you're going outside the house and yet this champion of champions a world-class athlete felt the same thing that you and me felt and got the fucking job done. And albeit it wasn't under what he wanted, I think it's special to say that anyone who's going right now and doing the best they can and going this, you know, it's really shitty to be in a live stream. It sucks. It's boring. Yeah. And you have to sit there and weigh your fucking weights out. And credit to anyone right now that's attempting any kind of world record or any kind of stepping stone forward. I think despite the fact that, yeah, you're right, it's not in an audience or anything, but it speaks character. And the story... I think is very, very special because he could have just like you and me said like, no, I'm not risking it. Yeah. I'm not going to risk getting sick or what if I, what if I get a serious injury and I go to go to surgery? Sure. And a hot, cause you know, we're all like, no, I don't care who you are. Hospitals right now are like, eh, I don't give a fuck because I don't give a fuck. But you're like, 
oh my god i go to the hospital no i can't go yeah but this guy risked all bodily injury all this stuff to just yeah so and also you got to consider the magnified risk of every person that's in that room you know if you just say every one person equals five yep well now you got 50 100 heads in that room yep and that's a risk that you put on your unborn child and, and your wife. Like, and it's, yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. the first thing it is. Because when I'm like, look, man, I mean, you can say what you want, but creditors do mainly because not so much the number, because he fucking demolished the number. <laughs> yeah. That was a joke. I don't it care. Was. It was a joke. Um, but the story is important. And sure. that, I think if people see it from this perspective, people will see that this record should. And then it was, of course, engulfed with the whole boxing bullshit. Thank you, because I want <laughs> As a fighter, like, what did that even do for you? Did it did it tickle you a little bit? Like, yeah, it tickled my fist into punching somebody. Look, man, <laughs> I'm gonna try and settle down because the whiskey is kicking in early. Maybe because I just had one burrito only uh, and, and eleven tacos last night. As a fighter, and I'm not even saying that I'm at the level of like true fighters because that true fighter is a professional fighter. Sure, that's it. I don't care who you are. If you've never, if you live off a fight, you're a professional fighter. If you got money for a fight, you've been in a pro fight. There's a difference. Sure. When you have to live off fighting, you're a different monster. Just like you own a brick and mortar gym, you're a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen professional fighters. They don't fuck around. It's not like oh, I'm gonna get wasted all the time, and they're, and they're dangerous. That's their whole life. Um, but like I was saying with this, with the whole fighting system, I know <laughs> that maybe they have kind of, they've kind of seen the future of what's going on with them. I think that Thor understands that there is a lot more money in movies and TV shows and commercials and one professional boxing fight than there is tearing his body into pieces for world strongest. Not that that's not his passion. Eddie Hall is in that sense and for the better sense has been that kind of, has already after World Strongest Man has been going that avenue, yeah. commercials, you know, and um, I think they both saw it as a great opportunity to, you know, make money. And as a fighter, I think it's stupid as fuck because it's just going to be ugly. Um, you know, I I would I, just to answer your question because I know it's coming. My money's on Eddie Hall. Um, I think he's got a more killer instinct. He's already had boxing uh, lessons before. He's not that he's fought, but he's definitely. He did. Uh, he's a couple of videos of him sparring for conditioning. Um, he grew up kind of a tough guy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take him away. He's been in some fucking scraps. Um, not that Thor hasn't, but as a fighter, I think, man, and it's he's just got like that when grit. You, yeah, it's just silly. It's silly. It's a, It's like a clown show. And you know what? Sometimes I like watching people juggle, but I also want to throw something at you, so you drop the balls. <laughs> so it's stupid. I think it's the most interesting, least interesting fight you'll ever see. Like an in shape, out of shape, nineteen twenties guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Um, I think that the fight of be- between the two of the world's strongest men is interesting. Yep. But I have no interest in watching two dudes gas out after two minutes <laughs> of meleeing each other, which it's exactly what's going <laughs> it's it's going to be one round of haymakers from each guy, and then they are going to be puking <laughs> by round two. It's like round three. Round three is, an, uh, is a breathing machine to round four. Round four, they discuss strategies. Round five, they get back to fighting. You remember uh, when they did Data 5000? Oh, my God. And Kimbo? And Kimbo. And the first round, you were like, all right. Here and by go. second round, dude was literally having a heart attack. And I felt bad. 
It was bad, bad, dude. I can tell you that. Well, now give those guys 200 pounds a piece, extra body weight. <laughs> and years of drug abuse. And let's see. <laughs> you know, like, that guy's poor hot. Jesus Christ. I remember watching that. I was in Gainesville when I saw that fight. And then I uh, proceeded to get uh, blacked out drunk. Vinny will tell you. It's an incredible story. That being said, <laughs> um, yeah, man, like it. I think what we're watching and I think that we're all going to be suckers for, suckers for in the human race is um, watching the in, ridiculous, watching the insane. We're always going to be watching. We're always going to be, um, you know, attracted to Colossus kind of things, monster truck shows, especially as Americans, man. Mm. And I don't give a fuck. Bigger is fucking <laughs> awesome. Like, I just want to see explosions. It, it, you can't. Even if you're like, Michael Bay's so stupid. How many times have you seen Transformer? Well, I've seen them all. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know the storyline yeah. at all. Yeah, but, but I've seen, seen every single movies, one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that in that sense, I think they, under, I think, I guarantee you they talk on the phone. I just like, hey, man, like, this is going to be great. I'm going to come out with this. I know that there's some animosity. There's some truth to that. I can, you know, especially after World's Strongest Man and Eddie Hall debating that he got cheated out of a rep. I mean, uh, Thor is saying that he got cheated out of a rep, and I still think Eddie Hall won that. I think, in my opinion, when a champion wins, they win. Um, and if you have a problem, then you should dominate. And if mm. you don't dominate, you should shut the fuck up. Um, just like when, you know, a split decision, I've won a split decision, I hate it. Uh, it makes you feel dirty. Yeah. I want to win or knock you the fuck out. For sure. Um, so there's some animosity there. You can see that people are, that that's going to be true, but it was just like Mayweather and McGregor. Mm-hmm. You think those motherfuckers weren't laughing their way to the bank? I guarantee you the motherfuckers gave each other hand jobs after that shit. Like, oh my God, fucking 80 million. Did they keep the gloves on them? No. <laughs> no. Yes. And my <laughs> fantasy, yes. Um, and I, I tell, I was like, yeah, man. Okay. Um, I think that they should probably, and I think they will. Um, and I think they're starting to kind of pull themselves away from the sport of strongman where strongman itself is not identifying with this, which is great. I think we can both see two guys that are, I, I thought Thor was not going to do this because I feel like Thor's in his prime. Yeah. I think he has about one to two years um, left before we should probably consider calling it quits. Who knows? But then again, you and me are sitting in this table in Miami. We don't know what the fuck this guy's going through. Where yeah. his doctor's like, hey, buddy. Like, maybe you should cool it. Yeah, (laughs) one more rep and your head's going to explode. Yeah, and you should probably get $20 million and sit on your fucking sweet ass in Iceland and live the rest of your life with your family. He did say that the offer was more money than he's ever seen in his life. So, And this is easy for you and me to say because we're here. Uh, And I'm like, yeah. Pay me $500 right now. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> I, yeah. I would do some weird shit for five hundred. Okay, rich guy. I was gonna say one hundred and fifty, but put it in my PayPal account. That's that doesn't even cover your shit. tab. How <laughs> yeah. oh, dare That's you? So true. <laughs> so the PEDs are fuck everything. <laughs> They'll get you. <laughs> They'll get you. So, um, with that being said, uh, you know the transition to now strawman's. Uh, I don't know if it's, is it finalized that they're allowing online qualifiers. Yeah, man. So, so what they're doing with nationals. Um, and there had been some mixed feelings, and this this will go into again my p- opinion of people's complaints without productivity. I think that's the biggest thing. But so what they're doing for nationals is basically they're setting a minimum requirement. So you have four events. Uh, this year is a log uh, for one rep, a yoke for forty feet, farmers for forty feet, and a single deadlift. And I think you get a forty-five second uh, cap on each one of those. Mm. Uh, it just 
you have to meet the requirement. It's not max, so you're not being compared to somebody else. You're not being ranked like something like an OSG or official storming games for you guys that don't know. So you basically pick three out of four events. You complete them. You get them, you know, same thing. Film the event. Make sure that the weights are right. You can do it in front of uh, your own gym or whatever, but it needs to be official, you know, just like they do in CrossFit. If you do a deadlift, make sure you film each plate and things like that. Mm. Um, the numbers, as a relatively pretty good strongman, I would say the numbers are easy. Mm. Um, that doesn't make uh, it doesn't make it easy in general because you have to remember um, people who are saying it's easy has often been doing this for a very long time. Oh, yeah, but it, I don't think they're easy numbers in the general population. Obviously, it's a 260 log for 231 because it's the only class that matters. Obviously, <laughs> a two, it's a 260 log, a 700 pound yoke, a 600 pound deadlift, and a 280 farmers. Again, this this should be in your wheelhouse yeah. if you consider yourself a competitive 231. It doesn't mean that if you're up and coming or starting the sport or just growing that these are real numbers. Um, Do you think this is a good draw for to draw new strongmen and new competitors in? I think it's a great idea and. Okay, this is my opinion. There are people who are doing and there are people who aren't doing shit. Mm -hmm. That's just almost a rule of life. So you have an organization, a corporation that took a massive financial hit. Massive. You're talking about probably as close to six-figure hit when 80% of your year-round competitions have been canceled. Yeah. So new signups, all this shit massive it's a big hit promoters are canceling left and right they're postponing we don't know yes and no okay and they still go hey you know what and some people are like oh yeah man she's just they're just doing this to fill up numbers i'm like so like don't you show up to work and work every day dog like that's not what you do if your boss said hey you want to work 10 hours of ot are you a sellout suddenly so yeah, you're right. They could be a little bit harder, but even at that level of trying to grow the sport and take care of itself financially, it opens the door to people to stay home um, that are either uncomfortable going out or have no access to strongman gyms, get these numbers, make it, and then go to nationals well, and then get your ass kicked. And get fucking wrecked. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. is like, nothing is a better teacher like a good ass whooping. Mm-hmm. And I said it. I was talking to, um, I was talking to my boy Reed, and uh, he's a fucking phenomenal strongman. He is, and he's coming back from a bicep tear. And he said it, and I use it. He's like, you know, cream of the crop, like my macho man. Cream rises to the top. Dog. Yep. So we can have five hundred strongmen there. The top ten are still the top ten. Right. And if you have a problem with that. Well, then show the fuck up and say something to one of those guys that probably rep your max. <laughs> I know because I was close to one and I close to being one and I've got in my ass beat by them. And it's top 10 anywhere Yeah, is is, is considered, especially in our community. I don't want to say in any other community, but at least in Strongman, um, yeah, it may be easy to get there, but it's not easy to shine. And I'll say that in anything. Yeah. You know, you can have a business, you can have a gym owner, you can have... You can be strong. You can be athletic. Look how many shot putters there are in the world. Thousands. Why don't we do that to ourselves? Why do suddenly we surround ourselves with naysayers and negativity and lack of ambition and fearful? Yeah, you don't have to necessarily keep those people that close. You can help them. But if you're not ready for that, that's not the person you need to be around. Leadership is a crown and it is a barren. And it is a, it's, it's a weight 
If you don't want it, identify yourself as that and attach yourself to somebody that will help you grow and bring something to the table. And that's important to me. I think it's important now to see around us, like, who is rising, who is positive. Find that person. Stick with them. And I think that is that forward momentum that we as a humanity, as a culture, need to keep. I mean, you're listening to this podcast because you want to hear somebody else say, I understand what you're going through. Yeah. And that's important because I can't say it to your face suddenly. So hear it through the fucking, you know, to the, the speakers in your car or where the fuck. And if there were three things, and I would love to concept of three things, and, and it's, 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 a, it's kind of a minimalized uh, thing of what I'm concentrating on is, is identify, in my opinion, identify those around you who will help you grow. And that's cliche, right? Everyone says that's cliche, but what about now? Like when shit really hits the fan. Have you done that? Like, have you, have you reached out to that person that helps you grow and say, hey, man, thank you, by the way, or hey, how are you, or I need your help? Because it's super easy to say that when things are going good, but now when you literally are fear for your life and your health and your financial stability and you might go hungry and people might go sick, when's the last time you reached out to that person and be like, hey, man, thanks, bro, yeah. or dude, I need you. Like, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not in a good place. <laughs> You know, number two. And Confessions I would, I would, of John Banks. Yeah, all the time. shit. <laughs> Michael, I need you. Don't go through my text. <laughs> it me. And you know, number two in this in this position is is and I, again, these are very general and these are very common things, but self accountability. Mm. Um, I think we all can say that, and everyone wants to post the memes. You know, discipline is freedom, and be accountable, but. Uh, suddenly the weight of the world is around you and you're like, well, I, I got this, but you don't. Like, I can tell you right now, wholeheartedly, I have reached out to people, I have had conversations, I set this podcast up because things are not easy for me. Actually, one of the hardest dates of my life, April 8th, happened during this time mm -hmm. and I can tell you right fucking now that that hurts. Like, I could not do it alone. I was not in a good place. I wrote what I had to write and the night before, I spent in a drunken stupor but because I was honest with myself, I had accountability. I'm like, you can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. You need to reach out. You're scared. You're upset. You're anxious. You're fearful. You're, you know, and you do it. Mm. And it sucks dick and it's emasculating, but that means you're on the right fucking path. Mm. Because it's one of the best things. Like when you're in the search for greatness, you quit quitting. <sighs> and I heard it on one of my speech. I forgot that guy's name, but you quit quitting at shit. Yeah. And I'm really good at quitting being a pussy, but I'm like, quit, quit it. Because, you know, pussy. Now I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, you know, I'm not good. And then the last one, and I'll tell you this is the simplest thing, is like, enjoy this time by yourself, too. Enjoy it. You know, and I'll say this on the last one, on the kind of a meditation stance, is like, you have to be comfortable in your own skin to be successful in life. You have to sit down with your scumbaggeries and your lies and your treacheries and also the things that you're good at and things that you're funny at and the way you inspire people and identifying what you're actually worthwhile and be comfortable. Take this time where the world is quiet and you can sit with yourself because you have to and be very, very comfortable because the chances are that you'll never get this chance again.
and you've been gifted something finally and you have to see it as a gift because that's the only way you succeed in life is that you've been gifted a chance to sit at home by yourself or your loved ones if you're lucky enough and have quiet time to think about what you want to do and who you are. That is a gift. And you need to hear your own thoughts and you need to hear your own fears, whether it's business-wise or what you want to do or go to the gym. And that's so fucking rare in an American culture. Mm -hmm. And we've been gifted eight weeks to better ourselves mentally. Be somebody that comes out of this situation and goes, man, I'm good with myself. Be it. Use it. Eight weeks of training? You think eight training was about barbell lifting? You're not an athlete. If you haven't sat in those deep, dark corners with yourself and come out a champion, you're not a fucking athlete. You're not a fucking warrior. That's for goddamn sure. You're just an Instagram poser. Mm. Because you need to sit with yourself, just like you sit with yourself when you're going to deadlift your PR, and you're like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> sit with that fucking voice for eight weeks, motherfucker, and be a better person. That's all, I mean, that's all I've seen it, dude. I'm not even, it's not like it's easy. I feel this shit all the time. <laughs> I'm not good at it, but I'm good at fucking not being a piece of shit sometimes. You know, some things people need to realize is posting is not application. Oof. I like that. You can say everything you want on Instagram. It takes seconds to post, but to apply things is a lifetime. Oof. I like that. Every time you decide to make a change. So me personally, I was gifted. Um... I was blessed with a uh, a stepfather who hey. took a stranger in. Happy and, belated. Oh, I know. What a legend. Oh, what a legend. Thank you for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he blessed me. He took a stranger in, and he decided to show me the things that he accepted me as a son without knowing anything about me. Because of him, in these times, I've decided that as a person— when it comes to friends, when it comes to people I know, even strangers in some cases, if I am steps forward ahead of you, I'm going to make the effort to reach back. Mm. I want to pull the people who just need a little bit of extra effort. It's it's that when you're mid-lift and someone puts the two fingers on the bar. Yeah. You you're know, like, Don't touch it, but thank you. Yeah, and they show you that it was just this much that you needed. You needed the pressure of two fucking fingers to finish the heaviest lift you've ever done in your life. And that applies to the way you're living. Sometimes you just need somebody to extend a hand or two fingers to pull you out of the mud. And we all get in the fucking mud. That's a fact. But who gets us out of there? It can't be done alone. Never. It can't be. That's the forward concept, right? Never. Right. You know, and um, I think it's in, uh, intrinsic and it's very popular to take the, I mean, I love, I love the lone wolf concept. Don't obviously. Me it's my favorite hat. Fucking bite your and, fucking face off. <laughs> and I have the concept of social lone wolfing and I've got into conversations like that on our previous podcast. Um, but to rise alone, and that's a, a great concept, but there, I don't think I know anyone who has ever been great. I mean, great throughout history that has done anything alone. And I and I understand that there's a lot of things that we, you know, I can say, oh, me, the battle axe gym, I, 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 mm. my gym, but it's, uh, it's faded a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, watch a YouTube video. We, 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 yeah, you know. And um, 
And you're right. And it, it, the forward concept and what you're saying and what we're doing and what we're talking about here consistently is, I mean, it, it's a lot harder to accept that you need help. Mm. And it's a lot harder to accept that the momentum forward is not done on one wheel. And yet we come from a culture where the harder is respected. The harder path is, is, is yearned for it. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like, no, that's, that's crazy, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Right. So right. if you, when you say it out loud, you're like, well, yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. Not, the reason why I know this is, this is how I speak to myself. Mm. I'm like, okay, you, you love to move forward. You love to help others. You love to be a clan and you love to be this. I go, but you don't want anybody else's help. I'm like, that's stupid. And that's why the last three years, especially, mm. like I said, after 2017, I'd be completely, I'll tell you, I'm not doing so good. Yeah. Because I know that even saying that is opening the avenues to, even if you say shit I don't need, because I'm like, oh, this not you per se, but if anyone's like, oh, yeah, sure. It's just their I tell you tons sparks. of things you don't need. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking one makes me great. This, Love know, those texts. Okay, dad. But that, I mean, how can I tell you that I'm, it's true, I'm, I'm a masochist. I, I love and I yearn for the hardest path. I love to beat myself up physically and mentally. I love to fuck myself up. Mm. But the hardest path to accept help. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. I'm like, no, it's stupid. You're stupid. Like, you, you it's harder to say that. Yeah. You know, standing alone is a, cho- is a choice. And yeah, in many cases, it could be difficult. But to reach out, you know, to join something, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, that's lifelong. That's impossibly hard. Facts. Because for most of the time, you're just going to eat fucking shit. <laughs> it's funny because it was uh, when you started really identifying uh, the battle axe as we, right? I really grasped onto that. I held on to that. And I actually started applying that to a lot of the things that uh, work, relationships. So I'll give you a for example. <clears throat> Not too long ago, so I was talking about the percentages and numbers at work. And I got an email, and the email was my team and, and my boss. And my boss was like, yeah, you know, John Banks, he was the closest to his goal in the in the entire company. And I wrote back, and the only thing that I wrote was we, and then a star. Mm. And when I started applying in correction, we, the self-satisfaction uh, was magnified. Because I'd be lying if I didn't have teammates who helped me with calls it's, it's uh, when I have conversations with Melissa and she says, you know, uh, I really, you know, I love the way you do X. I say, I always write back and I write we. Mm-hmm. Because I can't be that man without you to help right. me That's get that direction. Teamwork. And that just, everything comes back to what we say in that forward concept of really, really emulating forward and clan and team and us, and we, and it's really, in my opinion, changed my life, changed everything, changed perspective, and it changed uh, the way I feel about things, which has been most important, because I love, I love building things up, and then burning them fucking down, everything. And I I tell you, and this is something I had been, I don't know, wasn't going to interrupt your flow into the next question. No, please do. But um and it's um, it's exactly what you're what you're saying. I think that people who are ultimately um self-destructive mm. 
should always put themselves in a sense and a place of responsibility because that might be the only thing to save your life. Wow. And I am a, an adamant believer that most people who are broken or sad or distraught and just can't function personally place themselves in a position of either leadership or paternal and maternal situations because the outward expression of love and caring it might be the only thing to keep you alive because we haven't learned to do it inwardly. And that's very, very fucking important to identify because the most paternal, uh, maternal, and greatest leaders I've ever known are very self-conflicted, including myself, because I consider myself a pretty good leader and it comes from a place of turmoil and self-doubt and misery and... (laughs) fucking weird call me the president yeah everyone's like you're great i'm like you have no idea what it takes and that's okay i don't think i'm better than you or i'm like write a fucking diary entry about me but it's it should be a place we place ourselves Mm -hmm. and it should be a place of 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 reach sure you know so that's another part of this concept of forward is place yourself in a situation where people depend on you to be not necessarily positive but consistency and this is my base (laughs) This is what E.T. always says, you know, like practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanence. So if everything is practice, and if you see it that way, you will be permanent in others' lives, and that gives you purpose. And that should stop you from being a piece of fucking shit, at least sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> not, not today, but tomorrow. And uh, Sundays and, are a good day. It's yeah, the Lord's and, Day. And I think a lot of us, a lot of us strive for that. Sure. I think people who who strive for a connection uh, should should continue to do so. You know, you you, you need it, and it it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, so is deadlifting six hundred pounds. But <laughs> but we shy away from a conversation. But we want to tear that doesn't to me. That's crazy. Yeah, and here we are having a fucking conversation about why it's a lot harder to speak about our fucking feelings. And, and I'm like, yeah, but it's it's good. <laughs> you know, they hear it like, and I'll put it as simple as this. Um, your ability to speak about yourself should be as articulate as your training journal. And if you can't grasp that, you're failing as an athlete. You're failing as a warrior. Traditional warriors could write poetry. They can read. They can write. They can express themselves. They could sing. They can tell stories. They were gentlemen of culture. Most warriors. This whole brutish concept of warriors is not true. The greatest warriors of time were very intelligent. They are charismatic. They can take a room. They had presence. Mm. They can do something. They can change something. It wasn't this bullshit concept like this savage drooling barbarian that threw a spear into chest. That's not the warrior culture we know of. Samurais, Spartans. These people weren't fucking idiots. Even the greatest kings of all time, Alexander and all these, they, they, they weren't morons. They, they, had, they had reach and they had concept and depth. And yet you want to call yourself a warrior, but you're a two-dimensional person. You're expressed only in your physicalities. You're expressed only by your fucking deadlift. Like, you're not, you're not, what are you doing? Did you read a book? If you can't express yourself like you do within your training manual, you've lost a lot of your ability to express yourself. That's why people ask me, damn, Mike, you always hurt. No, it's not that I'm always hurt. It's that I'm always honest with my bullshit. Hmm. Yeah, my fucking knee hurts, dude. It hurts. 
I'm not going to write it because I want your sympathy because it fucking hurts, dude. I'm 35 years old and it hurts. Mm-hmm. It's because I want you to understand that I got some shit going on too and I got fucking financial issues and my family's out of fucking control. I mean, I'm Colombian. Come on. Forget about it. I mean, I want to say, and, and to put things into perspective, if you're listening and you're trying to build a brand, that is why the Battle Axe apparel sells and yours does not. Oh, stop. Don't say that. It's I say that because Don't it's if that. we're going to be honest, if we're going <laughs> to be honest, the whole room is more the only asshole without a Battle Axe. <laughs> How dare you, idiot. I got a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's reality. It's that you've grown beyond two dimensions. We've grown. You, we, oh. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. When you are a two-dimensional person, you have no reach, which is why the things that you're trying to do, that you're trying to develop, doesn't grow. Right. <laughs> because you're only a side scroller, dog. And, and think about it. So let's let's let's. Oh, the contra this. was still great. Yeah, it was Sorry. great, and so was Street Fighter, um, which I'm awesome at. Let's. I'm really awesome. So let's, let's put this into perspective. You almost took me there. Almost took me there. <laughs> let's put this into perspective of what we're actually talking about, right? We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. So this situation and this whole, you know, COVID and everything like that, it has crushed people who are one and two dimensional, right? Two dimensional, not one dimensional. I've been fortunate enough that over the years, I've always told myself that you can't be two dimensional. You have to be a person that spreads themselves into other areas of media platforms you know youtube uh retail websites articles uh podcasts seminars competitions those are things that are spread your your class and your worldliness around so when situations like this happen and you're a two-dimensional person you're getting buried under the avalanche of your inadequacies to spread yourself amongst the world you are not working hard enough and that is primarily as a business owner i'm only speaking to you as business owners your fault and no one else's because you become complacent never too late but think about it if you're only defined by your instagram if you're only defined by your deadlift situations like this will always define you rather than you defining yourself in this situation Mm -hmm. so yeah dude you know what we're doing right now in the middle of the shit we're having a fucking podcast we're going to get 500 to 600 listens, dude. 600 people are going to take out of their fucking time to listen to us. We're going to make a fucking shirt out of this. I've sold 156 shirts, 61 flags, and 72 badges in a matter of two months. Not because I did it against the fucking COVID, but because business as usual. That's right. And it's not because I'm special, because that's not fucking true. I mean, I'm cute. You know what? I'm not. I'm not. I, I hope your dimples fall in the sea. <laughs> They're not. How about that? I hope they fucking wow. fall in the Do sea. Do you fucking mean they that? They sink to the bottom and nobody ever sees that them That was on Instagram Live, by the way. You just said. I want him to go oh, away. But he said it. I, I want to save this. any of that. Look at me. I'm so regular face. Shut up, you're regular. Which, My head touches the roof. With your stupid handsome eyes and <laughs> stupid smile. You stupid I, got the, uh, I got the sad puppy eyes. Tom Hardy, come after me. Wow. Uh, you're you know, way better looking than Someone called me Tom Hardy. True story. All right, off on a tangent right here, okay, right? Yeah, well, fuck it. Hey, hey, you know drinking. what? Let's just make things up. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Okay. So I had an ex-girlfriend, and people would say, you know who you look like. And I would get Tom Hardy all the time. I don't get it. Oh, that sure. guy, mm, I don't, whatever. Yeah, sure. But I would get it. So we were at Comic-Con. 
right? Love Comic-Con. And there's a really cool artist there who does these um, holographic. He's done Terminator, Hulk. I'm sure you've seen him. Yeah. Dude's badass from Tampa. And we're standing in line. And he stops everything. And he goes, you know what you look like? And I fucking turn and I point my girlfriend's face. And I'm like, go ahead, tell me, sir. And she's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And he's like, you look like fucking Tom Hardy. And I'm like, wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. In your face. And then so I, lived, I lived in glory for like 24 hours. When I played pro basketball, I was 6'6". <laughs> six, six. Um, I was basically playing for the Chicago Bulls <laughs> in 92. So weird. I was like, Michael Jordan? Whatever. What? That Did guy you? backs me up. Piece of shit. Yeah, I know what pictures you're talking about. And yes, you're right. Oh. Um, but I still think you're cooler. I love you so much. You're also not like 5'2". Yeah, um, seriously. It's because he's got big traps. He looks taller. Big tra- Not anymore. Uh. Basically emasculated. <laughs> um, but anywho, <laughs> where we were, um, so we were telling the truth. Um, but yeah, man, that's 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 one concept that I've I've stuck with the whole time, and um, I think that spreading yourself amongst platforms and 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 to get around is even as a business owner, as a gym owner, mm. as a as a regular. Um, and I was just talking about this today at the gym, um, and I was I was saying this. Um, to Felipe, as I was talking about in the gym. Mm, what a great dude. Yeah, for sure. And if anything that this situation has showed us is that, and I again, it, I'd hate to sound this, it sounds so cliche, but are we really defined by these these situations that we can't do? So, So you can't go to a bar and you can't go to concerts and that's what you define your whole existence as? You know, you, you can't go shopping, so you have no other platforms of expression. Um, it's just to make you think. It's not to even to judge you or to think uh, anything else. But, you know, suddenly you can't train, and your world falls apart. And I'm wondering, have you ever been injured? <laughs> have you for ever real. had a hard time where your body just broke apart and you can't deadlift for five months? Have you ever been clinically ill or shattered emotionally where you can't do this? And you have eight weeks where you can't still train. It's just push-ups and shit, which is hard. Um, and you're going to be broken apart? I, that, it's it's almost confusing to me. I don't understand these things. I went nine months without training. <laughs> We're real training. Yeah, and I, I think all of us have been to situations where we don't even want to get out of bed, and suddenly, you know, things get fucking crazy, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the worst thing! Like, I can't go out, I can't hang out with my friends." I'm like, "Good, good. Take advantage of this situation. Learn for yourself. Create something new. Start writing. Start drawing. Start listening to music. Create music. Create something. Bring something to the fucking table." I say it all the fucking time. What are you bringing to the fucking table? As a fucking person, as a human being, are you creating something? Are you grouping people together? Are you making somebody happy? Are you creating product, literature, art, music? Fucking a good time, dog. Make somebody laugh, you piece of shit. You're defined because you can't train, because you can't go out of your fucking house. That's insane to me. We're in the greatest, most prosperous country in the fucking world. 
where social media gives us the power to be innovators <laughs> and influencers. And you're going to sit on your fucking hands and complain. If anything this has ever done is to give you the fucking, the, the vision to see what the fuck you're doing with your life. It's a scary place. When you look at your life and you're defined by one thing. God, that's awful. Fucking get out there, dude. Do something. Change something. Read something. Write something. Go back to, you want to go back to ancestors? You want to look at a history fucking book? Draw a painting on a wall, dude. Be different. <laughs> like, do something. Yeah. Suddenly now, now everyone's, oh, man, this is really tough. And it's not that tough, man. We have a 99% chance of living in an air-conditioned house with food. Okay, we can't get 10 pounds of beef, so we get 6 pounds of beef. In a great country with people who are relatively calm. And you have the chance to really dig and find out what the fuck you're made of. As an athlete, as a human being, as a business owner, suddenly you're a business owner, right? And now your your whole business is crashing. You didn't get into business because you're defined by what you sell. You got into business because you wanted to create something new. You wanted to make money. You wanted to be innovative. It was your fault that you became complacent, and now you're defined by the product you sell. That doesn't make you a businessman. It makes you a salesman. There's a fucking difference. Be different. And the only reason why I'm surviving this fucking pandemic is because I'm a fucking criminal and I'm defined by one thing, dude. Not once. And we started this, what, eight years ago on the 19th of May. Eight years ago. I was like, I'm not going to be defined by, and I mean we and us, by just a shirt or a logo. Or I'm not a, just a strongman gym. I hosted competitions. We all did this shit. It's called preemptive strike. So fucking get to it. Get fucking to it. Yeah. And I and I say this and I don't like I know it comes off as like beating people into the fucking ground, but it's been almost two and a half months now, bro. <laughs> like take the training wheels off and stop the pussy shit. Like stop it. Like get out, like do something. Like if you're still like I'm in quarantine mode, it's almost laughable now. Yeah. Like okay, start something new. Pick up an instrument, dude. Like even as silly as that, because it proves that you have self worth. Things got really put into perspective for me when we were going, obviously we're going through a global pandemic and my entire mentality, the things that I would say to myself is, I've been through worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I've been through worse. Yeah, this is, this is not like. My lights are on, like, what the fuck? Dude, I and, and, and think, <laughs> yeah. think of this situation as a, as a, as a, as a man, and I hate to say it. I just Almost say like it. a cultural renaissance. Because back in the days, having moments of enlightenment were hundreds of years apart. If you look at this in a very intellectual, history-based, ages of enlightenment were hundreds of years apart, if not, you know, at least at the very least decades. We get ages of enlightenment within days and months, the way technology has advanced. But suddenly the world has been hit with something monumentous, huge. The whole world has put us in a scenario where we need to rise. We need to rise. And if you're not seeing this as an opportunity to get innovative and get creative and be tenacious and be appreciative, then you have missed out on one of the greatest gifts that we've faced as a, as a humanity as a whole. Because there's one thing with the economy drops, because that also, most of the time just hurts rich people. <laughs> That's a fact. 
But when the economy, like how it's dropping now, and the way it's it's hurting as a as a cultural concept, as we're hurting as an emotional people with suicide rates and 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 crime and all these things rising worldwide, people just freaking the fuck out. It should it should be it should be evident that this should be a gift for you to grow and come out of this much more tenacious and much more uh, with a much more visceral attitude on growth. Let's just put it as simply as a fucking athlete. You've never been hurt before? Good for you, bro. Because this is what it feels like. You can't go to the gym. You can watch everybody lift online. Yep. And you sit on your couch and get fat. Yep. But you didn't have to go through the fucking pain or the surgery bills to, to experience it. Awesome. So you should come out with a new general appreciation of how it is to move forward mm-hmm. and reach out to others and get after it. But if it, to me it's been, and I, and I don't mean to sound negative to the people that have been hurt by this, because trust me, I get it. But this is a fucking gift. Because this podcast doesn't feel as good and would not have feel, felt as good if we hadn't seen each other in two and a half months. Facts. Uh, well, but two months. Yeah. Like for real, though. But if we, you know, yeah, just, we just send selfies good. to each other, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I was thick that day, bro. I'm going to wave bye to our live stream. <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I'm just going to, yeah. So, as we've spent a lot of time alone, Mostly looking at myself naked in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, all the um, time. <laughs> the only time. The only time I'm I can not finish. Not even alone. What? Just like whatever. <laughs> so why don't we talk about uh, these new projects you've taken on? Because <sighs> if you haven't read them, you absolutely should. Only found it at battleaxe.com. Click the blog section <laughs> and read true. forward. Day one. So, ugh. I hate, I don't even like to read them. So let me ask you. So how has this writings because I don't want to give away the story because it's excellent. Um, and believe me, I want to tell you that you suck. <laughs> I know. I can't fucking you're, wait. I know you're going to get a tattoo of the day I suck uh, at something. I will. Forever. Oh, damn it. I will live forever. <laughs> um, but how has that benefited you, not only personally, but as a coach? How has your writings extended into this <clears throat> troubling time? That's actually a good question. Um, well, I mean, I used to write, I'll start from the beginning. I used to write a lot when I was in college, um, obviously, like everyone else and every other goth kid ever. I took creative writing classes and got into that stuff. And then I let it go for many, many, many years. Um, I have a very artistic side in my family. We can draw, we can paint, I can play instruments, my mom, my my, my brother. Um, but it was something I let go for quite some time. Never drawing, never playing, stopped playing the guitar, but... Writing was something that I thought I had let go. When I got uh, hired into PRS, that's Brian Carroll's Power Rack Strength, we were asked to do one to two articles a month. And then when I got um, sponsored by either Inzer or somebody else or Top Secret Nutrition, we had to write a third article a month. So I started, I ended up writing a lot Mm. more than I had done in many, many years. And what I ended up doing is that I ended up finding a sort of peace and, um, form of expression was something that I felt was I was not good at, which was writing because I typically think too fast to write. 
um, and my typing is always missing sentences and thought processes. And I'm like, I didn't even say that. What does that mean? Uh, but like all things, uh, practice makes permanence. And I think it's important to stick with it. I had no choice. I was there for a year. Once we stopped that, uh, not in a negative way, but we stopped being hired by PRS, we opened up our own our own podcast on the battle axe gym and blog and writings and articles that i thought were more philosophical they were deeper i was finally free in the sense of i can write whatever the fuck i want and if you don't like it don't read it it's on my page um but again and this is how i reference things you know warriors of ancient age could write um and they could express and they could document and they were you know um three-dimensional beings and I hate to be categorized as a singular man. You know, a lot of guys, and this is probably saying a lot, but a lot of people, when they look at a show, they're like, oh, I bet that's my favorite character. I'm like, because he's like a tough, tattooed dude, and he's a berserker. I'm like, that's far from true. Nope. You got to go through the guy who's going through the most hardship. Exactly. That's the guy. <laughs> that's my favorite, because that, that teaches me something. And that is somebody that I strive to be or do what I respect, despite the fact that I might dislike the character. Um, and, and so I started writing and when this whole quarantine thing happened, I thought it'd be really cool to do science fiction and obviously like a post-apocalyptic, um, way of expressing my feelings on the current situation and my fears and anxieties and doubts in a way that was constructive mm-hmm. and was, um, you know, in a sense fun instead of sitting down and posting on Instagram, how I think we're all going to die and how I think we're all scared, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a science fiction story, and I'm going to portray what I feel about the government and how everything's going in a way that's different and challenging and Mm -hmm. uh, vulnerable because there is no greater act of vulnerability than being artistic and expressing yourself in a way that is not physically tangible. You know, you, you put yourself into something. You put your work into something that is not under your control. It's under the control of uh, perception. And that is art. That is hard, like coaching and programming. You know, you program somebody and you coach somebody, people are going to perceive you through your athlete. That is your work of art. And it is hard. And it is vulnerable. And it's personal. And I was like, fuck it. Let me do it. And uh, I've had a great time doing it. Um, and I've had actually a lot of great reviews. And people have read it, people that I respect that are good writers. Um, and I did it because it was hard and I did it because I thought this was the first week. So I thought, well, if they close the gym and I can't train, where am I going to challenge myself? Mm-hmm. Push-ups and calisthenics will go so far, but where am I going to push myself? And that is in the sense of writing. And I was going to pick up trying to play certain songs on the guitar and, um, learn to paint different things on a different medium because I can't do that. And it's hard for me. And it's, it makes me feel really weak and not good at something, which is just like how people feel when they're not good at a lift. And I decided to not be fucking, you know, quarantined mentally either and be fucking funneled into this bullshit where, okay, the dead, you know, at the ability of the battle axis gym is closed. Now who am I? But I've already been through that fucking road. And I'm like, not again. And so I put out this fucking story and people really enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing it. And um, it's the same thing I tell people. Like, you're supposed to challenge yourself. Like, 
you know, okay, yeah, it's hard to do a big de- a big deadlift or a big bench press, but that should just be a part of who you are. And I, I coming from a guy who is a sucker for vices, I love all my bad things. <laughs> I love them. I love them. But I make up for my mistakes by challenging myself. Wesley taught me that. He's like, I'm not going to be around forever, boy. So I found challenges amongst myself. And writing that and feeling silly, you know, because, you know, I'm fucking 260-pound dude with a head tattoo going, hey, read my science fiction book, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd. But yeah. I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> you know? Like, okay, okay, so yeah, so what? You know, and uh, what else are you going to do, dude? Like, what are you yeah. going to do is sit on your hands and complain? So... I decided to be different. And, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know how to play a song on the guitar, man, but I'll enjoy it because there's going to come a day where I can't play that guitar and my hands don't move like that no more. And I can't sing my favorite song because my throat's fucked up from all the whiskey I drink. And I don't feel comfortable anymore or happy enough to sing a tune. And now my body's too broken to train. So now what? And that's why I did that. I wanted to show people that, look, man, like, this is not easy for me. I don't feel comfortable doing this at all. Uh, even though you think I'm going home and scratching my dick and being like, I'm the greatest writer in the world. I'm not. I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> this is fucking terrible. Just like everybody else. And I yeah. put it out there and that's what I've done. And it's about being accountable. And it's like we were talking about before. And it's like the Metro Life uh, app that I do. And this is what I worked with Paul O'Need. Um, and again, I accepted to be part of this because... And it's hard because when you're answering those questions, like, ugh. Yeah. like, oh, how good did you eat yesterday? And I'm like, oh, eleven tacos. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I wish there was a mumbling or a gray area, <laughs> but it's like it goes from good to like not good. I'm like, there's no like kind of good in this piece of shit, anyways. But yeah, that Metro Life thing has been a big concept for me because, and I and I became a like an ambassador for it. Because keeping myself accountable is super, super hard. Have you have you felt that your writings in the blog have transferred to your um, keeping tabs and making your notes in the MetriLife app? Yeah. Well, so far, like in the recent time, because I've been writing, yeah. Because I don't want to speak like I write it because I'm not. I just write. Sure. Um, I always believe that writers are maybe on a different level. But so you're not a writer till you're published? That's what I feel like. All right, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big dickhead like that. Just like, <laughs> whatever. Um, it, it, you have to get in a certain mindset to, 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 to write. Yeah. Um, just like you have to kind of be in a certain mindset to lift, and you have to be in a certain mindset to coach. That's why it's really hard to be training and coaching people at the same time. It's almost impossible if you're true. If you're a true athlete and a true coach, you can't do them at the same time. I have it. I have the problem all the time. Mm. I'm training and somebody walks in. I'm in a bad mood now because you're like you're you're like getting in my way. So when it comes to writing, you have to get yourself in a great great mindset, a deep mindset. Whether you're writing something difficult or fun, or that makes you think, and that's kind of the beauty of the arts. You have to dig down. That's why a lot of writers and artists are a fucked on the drugs because eventually it's hard to do it alone yeah you know um and that concept has has kind of made me honest with myself and kept myself in a sense of accountability um and again i say this very openly and i say this consistently throughout time is that the only thing i'm good at (laughs) is the fight 
You know, I'm not good at being accountable all the time. And I'm not good at being a good person all the time. And I'm not good at being disciplined all the time. And I'm really not good at staying away from my vices all the time. But what I'm really good at is clawing and scratching and staying within that realm and digging down, like we say. Um, and I find peace in that. And that, uh, to me, is the ultimate sense of accountability is being truthful with yourself. And I don't post things like that. I don't post, hey, you should be like me. Because I'm like, that's a really bad idea. And I'm like, oh, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I'm like, you got to do this. I go, you got to do this because that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's where my goals are. You can take it for what it is. And some people, I know a lot of people who are a lot better at those things. So when it comes to being accountable and setting these things in, in action, writing and expressing myself in something outside of what is comfortable for me, it truly proves a warrior mentality. And I think a lot of us become complacent in our own little world with our own little followers and our own little yes men and girls. And, uh, you know, I don't know any writers that I know one, my friends are Carlo one. I don't know anybody that's going to tell me what I'm writing is good. I don't, but I put it out there. I'm like, fuck it. And now it's forever. Yep. It's published in a sense. And I think that's important for all of us and it's execution. And it's vulnerability and it's uh, ability of expressionism. And I think there's, if there's any time uh, more important in the history of most of our lives, especially the last two months, is to dig down and, and identify, like, are you something more? Like, are you? Like, what have you reached out to? What have you done the last few months? What have we done? Training wise programming-wise, human-wise. What the fuck have we done? And if you can look at yourself in the mirror and feel satisfied, ugly, bro, good for you. But if you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't, I can do more than fucking, then do it. I mean, literally, and I hate to say that so plainly, but I identify it. And it's because you're probably a two-dimensional person. And 99% of the time, we are two-dimensional because we do what others expect of us to do. And that was the hardest thing I had to come to terms with when I got hurt. And I was like, well, I'm a strong man. And not only do I think I'm a strong man, but others see me as a strong man. So what would I be without sport? Well, there's no reason to live if I can't be strong because you see me as strong. What if I'm not strong? Then I'm not Michael. So a lot of the times we act a certain way and we react a certain way because that's the way Michael should react. And Michael should punch that guy in the face. I'm like, you have no idea what I'm thinking. I'm probably thinking about a grilled cheese. You don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 99% of the time we just react in a way that we, we do it because others think we should do that. Yep. Others think we should be anxious, so we're going to act anxious. Others think we're going to be tough, so we act tough. Well, I don't want to be tough today. You know what? I'm going to sit at home and be watch The Office and be really fucking worried about life. It's Sundays. Only Sundays. Only Sundays, the Lord thing. So, you know, I talked about experience and talking to guys with mindful practice and all that stuff with Lucas from... Um, Rebel Mindfulness? Rebel Mindfulness. <laughs> what an also episode. Also show and wow. Paul O'Neill. Oh, my God. Yeah. It comes around. Yeah, it was that you know what that was completely unscripted. No, like the rest of our show. Literally, I've been reading our show off a piece of paper. Our life. Yeah, you can tell because we <laughs> fucked up and I had to get up to pee. Um, <laughs> but, 
But that goes to show like how I feel about things. And I think that a lot of us feel this way. Um, but it's typically comes from a place of isolation. And it, it comes from that I'm the only person, that, the only way that feels this way, or I'm the only person that's hurt, and there's nobody else that's hurt like I'm hurt. <laughs> and, you know, it comes from that kind of like really dark, lonely place. And, you know, sitting with ourselves for two months has done a great amount of fucking damage for that. Kind of, I like that concept behind the questions, you know. Like, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll do this before we go. Um, I think the whole concept of today has been, and our battle and our consistent, like our, our focus on complacency, and and, and the push of uh, two fingers, and the idea that we need to actually understand and identify what it is we want to accomplish. And when you sit down with yourselves and you have moments of being quiet and, and situations where everything's being pushed around you and pulled around you, and we've talked about this so many, many times in our previous podcast about, you know, it's a, it's a dig down and uh, it's like putting cold on a furnace um, to quote myself as I hate to do. But we, we sit in these scenarios and we sit in these situations and then all of us listen to this. Every single aspect of what we're saying right now comes from a place of truth and vulnerability. And finally, we have been forced to no longer look at training like an escape, but as a tool. And when you come to the realization that you can't escape anywhere and you can't run anywhere, you start to find out truth about yourself. Training is just an expression of your true self. Conversation, tattoos, business expressions, business ideas, friendships, clans, cultures, communities are just an expression of who you think you are and where you think you belong. The whole concept has to come from self-identification, self-worth, putting yourself first to know who you are. How do you handle situations like this? By knowing who the fuck you are in the first place. Not retroactively, but before the fuck it happens. Take these two months or the next month that's happening or the next fucking years that's happening and sit with yourself. Better yourself. Use training, dieting, strength, competition, business as a way to express who the fuck you are. Not to define who you are, because one day, my friends, it will come to an end. And for many of us, a lot faster than others. And those of you who have never had the negativity or the deep, dark hole of feeling it before it's time and before your prime, just know that this shit comes fast and it comes on swift wings. And you need to understand that this is a reality of people who compete. It is here today and it's gone tomorrow. Appreciate it. Express yourselves. Use it as a way to grow yourself, but not as a way to define yourself. Next time you step into a gym, the next time you step into a competitive platform, look around you. Look at the iron, smell the air, the must, the stink. Look at your clothes. Look at your sleeves, your belt. When's the last time you look at the chalk stains on the tip of your belt that nobody understands but you because that was your hand the last time you deadlifted? The ammonia tablets that are broken at the bottom of your bag that nobody else knows why they're there but you. The old journals, the pencil scribbles, 
that fucking guy in the back of the gym that you really fucking hate, but guess what? You haven't seen him in two months. And just looking at it makes you realize why you love this gym so much, why you love this world so much, why you love this barbell so much, why you love this life so much. I'm not asking you things that are impossible. I'm actually to realize who the fuck you are and what you want to do in your fucking life. Take this moment as a time to appreciate the tools that are around you to build the column that you fucking are. And if you can't chip away and chisel and form and develop who you are, you're losing at life. It's all around you and it's fucking free. This is MDOP. This is the Battle Axe Podcast. Saying don't be a pussy. Everything ends.